Hi, welcome to Mara and Friends, the podcast where we talk about whatever we want with whoever we want. This is the first official episode of the podcast, and I am joined today by my lovely flatmate slash friend slash homie slash colleague, if I can call it that, yes. um, <laughs> Marley. Um, so before we get into it, how do you feel about being the first official guest of the podcast? I feel honored. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's a really cool endeavor. Like it's, I think it would be really interesting to look back on and to reflect on and kind of just see how things go in the future. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it would be yeah. cool. So like to preface a little bit about like why I decided to start this podcast. Um, so this has kind of been marinating in my mind for a while, I'd say like about a year or so, um, where I've talked about it with a lot of my friends. And they've all said that it would be a really good idea, not for like chasing clout, not for attention, not for followers, not for any of that, but um, mainly just to like record um, a meaningful and thoughtful conversation with my friends, you know, because I feel like we talk about a lot of these topics unofficially and it's always so interesting, it's always so intriguing, mm -hmm. like different people have different thoughts and ideas and different things to say. But none of that ever gets, you know, recorded and put out into yeah. the universe. So, yeah, that's kind of the main reason why I wanted to start it out. Um, and it would be something really meaningful to, like, look back on over the years um, and see how your opinions and thoughts change over the years and how you were then um, versus how you are in the future, you know. Um, I'm also kind of intrigued by the thought of immortalizing oneself via social media um not that you can literally immortalize yourself but it's it's um it's it's very sweet to think that you've put yourself out there um and you can reflect on it also i feel like i've been blessed with friends who are intelligent and thoughtful um, and if I can record even 1% of the content of, you know, some of the chats that we've had, then that's worth it mm -hmm. in the end. Okay. So before we get into the official prompt and we'll go off on multiple tangents, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know me very well. <laughs> uh, which is totally fine. Um, yeah. To Mara editing this in post, rest in peace. <laughs> um, Marley, mm. would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Um, you so, can keep it as vague as you want. Yeah. Or spill it all. You know, <laughs> and I was I was bored. No. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm Marley. I'm currently 21. I was born in Canada, raised in Canada, lived in Scotland, lived mm -hmm. in France. Makes it very interesting life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm studying French and art history, so it's pretty interesting. Super so cool. It's super it, interesting. I think it gives me a lot of perspective if we're going to be talking about deep conversation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's everything we analyze in art. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like a deep conversation, totally. so it's really neat to do this on like a different level than what I'm used to. So. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's kind of another reason why I'm glad you're like the first guest, mm. of oh. the first friend. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say guest because that implies <laughs> I'm like some cocky ass talk show host, which I'm not. This is like a chill ass podcast. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're the first the first friend joining because like I feel like you're very um, you have a lot of insight. 
No, thank and you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done yet. I have a lot more. I have a lot more to say. Um, I also feel like you're very deeply reflective because of the fact that you're doing, you know, the arts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you would fit well into a really pseudo philosophical conversation, mm-hmm. which brings me to today's prompt. Ooh. Um, I haven't actually found a way to word this well, so mm. it's going to be very generic. So the topic that we're going to be discussing is entering your 20s, what we've learned, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Cow- cowboy <laughs> movie. I love it. Have you yeah. seen that cowboy movie? No. What is that? The good, the bad, the ugly. That's what it comes from. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's what it comes from. Oh, wow. Um, it's a cowboy movie. It goes on forever. It's Okay. <laughs> If you have time, watch it. it I recommend. It's a classic. Well, there's the good, who's the cowboy, the bad, the bad guys, and then the Uh ugly. So I think it's another character. I haven't seen it in years, Uh but it's, it's, I don't know, if you have time to sit and watch something that gets a little slow and repetitive. Yeah. Okay. I recommend. (laughs) I mean, that is a great alternative to watching, you know, medical videos on two speed. (laughs) Yeah. So I will look into that. So it's called Mm -hmm. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's a cowboy yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it at my friend's house when her family, when she wasn't there and it was just her family. Yeah. And I was at her house. She was like, oh, I'll be back in 20 minutes. And it was hours. Oh, wow. So I was just in her family house watching this with her dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was so random. Bonding with your friend's dad. Yeah, That's 15. Great. You know, just sitting there watching cowboy, cowboy movies. movies. <laughs> she comes back late. Was it, was it pleasant? It was okay. Like, I got along well with the family, That's so good. it was fine. But, you yeah. know, it was a bit weird when her mom came downstairs and was like, where's my child? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> left to go do something and I'm just yeah. here and I, and I lived two doors down so it wasn't like I couldn't leave and then come back in five minutes yeah I was just living in their house for the day That's waiting for her so I don't but. think I've ever actually bonded with anyone's dad so that is an mm. achievement <laughs> it's a great thing to do if you yeah. ever can honestly you if can I have a lot of philosophical questions that or like the weirdest conversations in your with life with dads yeah cool it's fun actually okay. sometimes they like to get really deep for some reason yeah like I, I like to get to know my friend's parents this is the, yeah. rant, the tangent that we were talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. but um no yeah like i like to talk with my friend's parents and sometimes they ask like the weirdest questions yeah and it's like oh okay yeah let's just have a conversation about that you know i, what I, I don't mean? know why like when i talk to my friend's parents i just become this different person <laughs> where i put on this facade that mm-hmm. i'm like this amazing well-behaved like um model Mm-hmm. of a person and someone who their friend can like be proud to be friends with but it's mm-hmm. obviously a facade yeah you know mm-hmm. i don't want them to see the fact that i am like an imperfect person or i do things that they wouldn't approve of you no know? like i get that 100 percent with like parents because you want to at least if it's like a friend or especially i guess as a partner if some if you have a partner you really want to impress them yeah but i feel like i don't know for me i've always kind of just been like very natural Open. and upfront with it so i've always been really receptive to parents and getting to meet like yeah adults and i've always gotten along pretty well with the parents yeah. I think, of pe- my friends or people that I've met so they probably really appreciate that as well they're like oh Marley's pretty genuine like she doesn't pretend to be someone in front of us no yeah you like we, we'd talk shit in front of each other all the time. Awesome. they'd be like oh my god what about this thing and I'm like oh my god yeah like <laughs> I, I think it helps as well my parents raised me off of like 80s 90s like older stuff like that and yeah. it was so funny that like, I'd be like, oh, have you seen this film? Like, Blair Witch, the original Blair Witch or something. They're like, you've yeah, seen yeah. that? <laughs> or, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off or, you know, like, yeah. 
I'm like, oh, don't mind me. I'm going to a Corey Hart concert with my mom, like oh my who's God. like 45. Who's, who is Corey Hart? He's a Canadian musician, and he's okay. very famous. You know, Sunglasses at Night. Uh huh. He wrote that song. Okay. So my mom never got to see him live as a kid. Um, and then I saw that he was doing a show, so we got tickets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I, ha- I was having a job interview, actually. Um, I came back to Canada from Edinburgh right away, um, and I had a job interview for the summer for a summer position. Uh-huh. And when I was talking with them, it was really funny, because like, I felt like I kind of was a bit awkward in the interview. I didn't feel like I did great. Um, but And when I get nervous, I just blurt, you know, yeah. like random things. And it was really funny because they were like, oh, have a good night. And I'm like, oh, I will. I'll be going to see Corey Hart with my mom tonight. And they were all like my mom's age. And they're like, you're going to go see Corey Hart. <laughs> I'm like 19. And, they're, and wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go see Corey Hart. I love Corey Hart. Like his yeah, songs yeah. are amazing. And they're like, what? And we ended up having a full conversation about Corey Hart. And I'm convinced that's what got me the job. <laughs> that Probably. I could relate with them. Probably. Yeah. And then I'm going to a concert with my mother and I'm going to have a blast and it's like her teenage crush that I'm going to be going to see with Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. That's it was really, a good concert. That, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like when I make references to super old things and nobody gets it, it's oh. that old. Oh. Like it's stuff about, um, you know, Bach or mm-hmm. Chopin and yeah. it's like it's been 250 years and <laughs> most people don't care about that anymore yeah or i'll talk about the 50s I, mm-hmm. I was talking about this with you the other day about the how the, there was a rat pack yeah in the 50s and mm-hmm. that was with dean martin frank sinatra um johnny carson and a couple of other people sammy mm-hmm. sammy jr yeah um, the only person of color in the rat pack mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who i forgot his name at the time but never again <laughs> proud of you <laughs> yeah okay before we go off on multiple tangents yes <laughs> bringing it back yes <laughs> well i feel like we've touched on the topic of age on multiple yeah moments within the conversation yeah. the tangent the tangent okay yeah. so you t- when did you turn 21 may 18th may 18th and yeah. i just turned 23 mm. on october 5th mm-hmm. and okay starting off with you how do you feel about how did you feel when you turned 21 on the day if you can Um, remember your feelings at the time kind of indifferent okay maybe it was because i was like working in a hospital and tired (laughs) yeah oh wait no um that was the earlier one but the the 21 i was in france actually i felt indifferent about turning 21 the age didn't really matter to me it was kind of more the moment where when i turned 21 quarantine restrictions lifted mm. and I could the next day go out yeah. and do something. Um, but the actual turning of age to 21, I was quite indifferent to it. I was mm. just like 21 now, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I've, I've never, yeah, 21, it wasn't really a big thing for me. I like Canadian. It didn't hit you at the time. Yeah. Probably. I don't think it really hit me. I think it was, you know, with COVID going around and everything yeah. and being so busy and just focusing on museums are going to be open tomorrow. Oh my God. (laughs) That's what I was excited for. Not my birthday. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I think, okay, that's totally different from my experience because Mm -hmm. when I turned 23, I felt like a lot of different emotions. Mm. Um, I even spoke to my friend about this cat, one of my really good friends who will definitely be on the podcast. (laughs) Like when I tell her about this, she's going to be, um, really excited to be on the podcast mm-hmm. i feel like we're just gonna talk about pets but okay that's fine pets, that's but, a good yeah, topic it's a good topic mm-hmm. so like i shared with her that i felt really bittersweet about it mm-hmm. um because in my mind 
and the way society portrays it is that for especially for a woman like once you turn 21 it's like oh you've hit your peak you know Mm. it only goes downhill from here um and i guess that kind of that kind of toxic mindset had um been in my mind for a bit even Mm. even if i hadn't actually fully acknowledged it it was definitely there and i told her about that and I was like, you know, I'm 23 now. I don't really know how to feel about that. Like, um, you know, for a woman, does that really mean that it's all downhill from here? Because I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm the happiest I've ever been in Mm -hmm. terms of self-love, in terms of what I want from my life, in terms of my musical endeavors, in terms of, like, my studies and stuff, my relationship with my family. Mm -hmm. It's all so much more stable now. And I always feel like oh, this year is the happiest that I've ever been. And then the next year, I'm like, oh, this year is the happiest that I've ever been. So, and then Kat was just like, she she just told me that, you, you know, we're here now. Like, we need to look around, mm-hmm. you know, ground yourself. And I kind of thought about that. It's, it's true. Like, we're here now. We're healthy. We're happy. Um... I feel young, I feel really happy about my life, and twenty being 23 is a privilege. Yeah. It's not, it's not some, I know society tells women that, you know, hide your age. When people ask you what your age is, like, yeah. lie about it. Tells. A woman never <laughs> tells, and that bullshit, right? Yeah. By the way, in this podcast, we can swear. So. Awesome. I already did, so thank God we can. <laughs> <laughs> thank fucking God. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then something, I told you about this the other day, something that really changed my mind about my 20s was, like, um, I was doing my dermatology block, and I was um, shadowing, like, this derm consultant, Mm -hmm. and she looked super young, she was really beautiful, and then she came up to me and she was like, um, and I was wearing my mask, and she was like, how old are you? Like, what, what? year are you doing Mm -hmm. and I was like I'm in fifth year I'm a fifth year medical student I'm almost at the end and she's like oh how you look so young like (laughs) how are you a fifth year medical student I'm like oh thanks so much but I'm actually 23 Mm -hmm. and then she was like oh you are young (laughs) and at that moment I was like fuck yeah Mm -hmm. um in the grand scheme of things your 20s is an era it doesn't just end when you're 21 or 20 mm-hmm. you know it's all the way up to 29 and then you start a new chapter in your life and so that really opened my eyes to like oh i as long as i'm in my 20s i will be that young a young person and i need to really appreciate that you know yeah what about you you know I think that the 20s, like like you said, appreciate being young. I think that's really the time to, you know, travel and do things and try things out. And I, you know, some people can settle down in their 20s and they're very happy with that. And I'm very happy that they're happy and they're in a healthy relationship and that they've found that part of themselves. But I think a lot of people stress, like you said, 20s, 21, becoming a peak for women or like you need to get married, you need to have kids, you need to have all those kind of things, you have to hurry, 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 but it's like a kid having a kid still, it's not like in a teen Mm. perspective, but you're so young, yeah. and you haven't, like, in most cases, in a lot of cases, you haven't explored a lot of the world, and you haven't explored yourself, and you haven't learned new things, and I feel like that 
stereotype and that forcing of you know settling down and getting all these things done and having that finish mm-hmm. by 23 it's crazy it, it yeah. <laughs> like i can't it's madness it, it is it's insane for me to fathom like i myself right now at my age being yeah. married and possibly having a kid yeah it's it was a different like, time back then yeah like it was my mom got married different. at 21 and my by my age she's already she'd mm-hmm. already had me and my sister whoa <laughs> 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 i'm like imagining like even just having a partner right now i'm like what <laughs> i'm like there's so much time for the self that you need to yeah. like in my my opinion the self needs to really be developed and very like learned before yeah. you know you can give yourself to somebody yeah. and do that you know and like trust another person that way and like i feel like people miss out on a lot of experiences in their 20s because of that stereotype and that forcing and that the biological clock yeah the biological clock i'm like you know like life is a biological clock you know what i mean like yeah like one that actually exists it's not like a gendered clock it's literally like Mm -hmm. anytime guys (laughs) you know and that's that's also really interesting because I feel like if you look at the different decades of your life, mm-hmm. the first decade is all about family yeah. and, and learning who you are, why are you here, what is everything. Mm-hmm. The second decade is kind of about your friends, yeah. you know, school and trying to fit in, um, seeing your dynamic with people. Um, and how you respond to like being in a public situation and 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 learning and what kind of a student are you that kind of thing mm-hmm. and then once once you reach your um your 20s i think the 20s is for the self yeah you know i'm i 100 percent right? agree yeah because you're not ne- i mean if you if you do get married in your 30s you're never gonna get this time again where Mm -hmm. you're a young healthy independent adult who um is you know being financed by their parents and not having (laughs) to worry about certain things and getting that time to reflect inwards Mm -hmm. you know you're no longer tied to the constraints of school like you have to meet these people every day of your life and you can't escape from them no No, uni's different your 20s are different Mm -hmm. you choose like you're at the helm of your own life and yeah, yeah i think tw- the 20s is for the self which is why lo- like lots of kids our age are really um scared of commitment because it's like i don't want to um you know let someone else into my life when this time is for myself mm-hmm. you know because when you're 30 and you're married and you get kids like your life's going to be totally different forever yeah you're never going to get this time again mm-hmm. you know no, yeah, that's why I really emphasize with people. I'm like, you know what? If you have a random opportunity that comes up, take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you could work at a hospital during COVID, take it. Take <laughs> you could do an internal periodic reviewer position, take it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Try and try different things and volunteer if you want, do different things. You know, if you feel like, like, for example, if you feel like you want to buy something for somebody on the street who's like begging on the street or something don't just think oh no one else is getting them anything so like feel pressured by society who's not giving you know take Mm -hmm. the time yeah like sometimes i'll buy like little like student meals that are gonna go bad like the reduced section for example and then i'm like here you go you know like something yeah don't let the stress of like not following the pack and the fitting in as in like the 10 till 20 stage of trying to fit in with everybody like you said yeah don't let that hold you back from stuff 
you know your 20s is your opportunity to find finally be different yeah and be proud of it mm-hmm. i f- because in school you kind of are are pressured into doing what the majority wants and mm-hmm. you kind of are peer pressured into doing things oh, but uniforms in your, yeah oh fuck oh that's a whole podcast in itself i hate uniforms have i ever showed you my school uniform no it's disgusting it's trash it's trash like we would we roasted it for 10 years okay yeah yeah oh no see i never had a school uniform okay that's never ever had a uniform privilege (laughs) it it really it is it is like i was able to do self-expression 100 percent. okay what 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 would you where can i ask what was your style what was your aesthetic Um, so (laughs) i'm gonna say up until 12 years old it was poofy little christian girl dresses amazing and we called it pineapple the pine what was it the pine yeah pineapple where my Uh hair was curly but short yeah so we put it in a high ponytail and it would just puff up a bit but it wouldn't be like a nice poof it would be like crazy spindles sticking up like spikes okay so people called me pineapple head pineapple <laughs> so sexy i know pineapple head um and my friends and i would joke about it and stuff like that but then 13 through till 18 yeah i was goth yeah. emo scene mm-hmm. cyber goth you know <laughs> punk yeah Every in-between, like, alternative, every day was different. It wasn't, like, one period of this and one period of that. Yeah. It's, I'd come to school, like, full, like, emo, you know, like, the band shirt and the long, like, the striped long sleeve underneath and, like, the straightened hair with the giant, like, bang <laughs> in the front and the, like, chains on my belt and, like, yeah, <laughs> skinny the jeans, deal. the whole deal. And then the next day it would be, like, ripped um, tights wow. with giant boots that went up to my knees, but it's that like, were fur that were like, like cyber goth. You were a performer at a rock concert. Literally, like it was your concert every day. Every day, and then <laughs> I was still like, there was this one girl in my art class, and she was emo, and she like dressed emo every day, and I, I would loved her. She was, I was like, oh my god, I want to be here. You know, like she's so cool. <laughs> I want to be here. <laughs> and she's was, the epitome of emo. Yes, it was literally. I'm like the queen. <laughs> And, like, I was, even though I dressed that way, I was so shy. Mm-hmm. And I, every day I'd go up to her and be like, oh, my God, I love your shirt. And then I'd run away. <laughs> and she's my bestest friend ever now. I love her Amazing. to death. I love her. Um, but it was so funny because she'd come up to me and be like, oh, I like your shirt. And I'd be like, thanks, and then run away. <laughs> and she's like, do you realize how many times I tried to talk to you? Oh, my God. And it took us doing a class trip to Toronto for us to sit next to each other on the bus and be trapped together for like two and a half hours for That's me to amazing. talk to her and yeah. actually become friends with her. And, and at the end of the day, we were besties. For, friends for life. Yeah, like it's honestly, amazing. she's my favorite person, I, I think. I feel like fashion does bring women together. It does. <laughs> I don't know about men, but I think women are very open to complimenting each other mm-hmm. and being like, I love your outfit. Yeah. What is that? I love that. Where did you get that? And mm-hmm. like, you start a really organic conversation yeah. about it. And that's what I like about 2021, where women are uplifting other women. Yeah, it's a big movement where it's actually like, yeah. compliment people. Yeah. Tell them they're nice. Exactly. And don't talk bad about them behind their back. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, exactly. actually genuinely be like, I like your skirt. Yeah, I genuinely like your skirt. <laughs> like, actually 100% do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I think it is a very nice movement to see, especially, like, I think it was, like, following Me Too movement and things yeah. like that for women's, women's empowerment. I think it's 100%, you know, yeah. following from that stream. And yeah. It's really important. <laughs> and we, I mean, we, we were talking about, like, fashion and um, how that's evolved. I think one thing that I'm grateful for that my <laughs> 20s has given me is my sense of style. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Um, because when I look back, 
even like four years ago i'm just like sis you're really gonna wear that cardigan two days in a row oh, no. <laughs> that cardigan with those striped that striped t-shirt like a uh, colored pants i think if you saw me growing up you would have been like what like i have no regrets i think of, apart from one article of clothing that i wore through those years of emo goth self and that was a neon yellow you remember the you mad bro thing yeah neon yellow you mad bro hoodie and wow. i wore it like every day every for day like months wow and that's the only <laughs> regret I have. I don't regret the ripping up my tights first thing in the morning and wearing a corset and a skirt mm -hmm. and like going crazy and putting like tubing and random shit in my hair to make it cyber gothic wow. or wearing Beetlejuice striped pants that ripped because I fell once so I just ripped them the rest of the way <laughs> and like completely screwed them up with like suspenders and a Very band shirt. Very DIY. It was. It was it's really great. fun actually. Yeah. I, I, I realize now I just had, must have had a thing with ripping what would be R my pants. Cathartic. The, yeah. Cathartic. Literally in the morning I'd just be like... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever cut your own hair? Um, I don't think I cut my hair, but because my hair is so curly, I could style it straight and it would look a lot different. Okay. So Completely like I would, different yeah, person. I would hair hairspray it and then don't do this with your hair. Okay. Every day. <laughs> Disclaimer. For years. Disclaimer. <laughs> literally. Don't hairspray and then run a straightener through the hairspray as it's wet on your hair and then gotcha. style it and then spray it again and do that three times in a row and then at the end spray it all together I to a point i don't think i ever would have even thought of that <laughs> see i did that so often that the white like the end of my hair was white with like two inches of like mm -hmm. product and burned hair so like i just i straightened my hair every day like that for two years wow and i wore a huge bow you know like uh what's that blonde girl from um from youtube she's she used to be on dance moms Jojo. Oh, yeah. Jojo like a giant Siwa. bow. I wore a huge wow. bow like that in high school. Like so she copied elementary you. School. Yeah, she copied me. <laughs> I'm the originator. You're an icon. <laughs> no, like, that was my style. And I don't regret it. I think it's such a fun thing for me. Yeah. That, like, the only thing I regret is that freaking neon yellow hoodie. <laughs> Even the woman at the store hoodie. was like, are you sure you want this? <laughs> I remember this. And my mom being like, are you sure too, honey? When like, they ask you that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm oh, going to be God. so cool, mom. <laughs> you don't understand. Also, bringing it back to mm. uh, gratitude mm. in terms of like, you know, things that we're grateful, grateful for that we only could have realized and learned in our 20s. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's self-love. Mm. Um, I think it, when I was younger, um, it's, it's not really something that's taught to girls, um, in like growing up where mm -hmm. I was from. Self-love was never talked about, you know, prioritizing yourself, you know, self-care, um, affirmations and stuff like that. It was never discussed. It was never taught mm. at schools or, uh, mental health programs where I, where I grew up. So that's something that I really started to work on in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say, like, it's completely changed my changed my life for, for the better. Yeah. You know, I used to grow... As a kid, I used to have a lot of anxiety, and mm -hmm. I would hate the thought of, like, being alone with myself. Um, just because, like, I would get all these negative thoughts and fears mm -hmm. as a kid. Um but then I started to really um, explore 
you know, what, what's the worst thing that could happen if I took some time to sit down with myself in a room all alone? You know, and I think quarantine, like COVID, COVID has been terrible for so many people. And, yeah. and obviously millions of people have died. But if there's one, if I can say this, if there's one good thing that's come out of COVID for me, mm-hmm. it's that opportunity to quarantine for months on end, spend time with myself mm-hmm. and love it. Yeah. Genuinely love my own company mm-hmm. and practice affirmations of self-love like looking at yourself in the mirror feeling grateful feeling love feeling happiness and saying you know i love this person that's looking at me in the mirror Mm -hmm. and i never ever did that as a kid yeah you know that's something that i've only started doing in my 20s and because of quarantine and because of covid and i think like pre-covid mara is complete a completely different person to oh, post yeah. post covid mara mm-hmm. because you you really get that time to ask yourself like what are the what are the aspects of my own personality that i want to work on mm-hmm. why is it that i couldn't sit down with myself and be alone with my thoughts and now i've just had a routine where you know everybody gets negative thoughts now i'm just like before i tried to push them away and now i'm like no I accept them. I welcome them with open arms. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like they kind of like brush through me like rain. Yeah, like water through running through a sieve. Yeah. I'm the sieve and I just <laughs> and let the thoughts are the water. The th- yeah. thoughts are the water. Just I welcome them with open arms without fear. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what self-love and being 23 has brought to me, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why I keep saying that I'm happy happier with every new year that i learn more about myself Mm -hmm. and and there's obviously a lot more work to do yeah because i want to get to a point where i feel fully at peace with myself and i truly truly feel like i don't need anyone or anything else i Mm -hmm. I, i'd say i'm like 70 to 80 percent there there's there's always more work to do and it's also like diminishing returns yeah you know after a certain point it plateaus and you have to work really hard to get beyond that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think like especially with covid like for me my birthday was still under like the quarantine and everything like that Mm -hmm. and my (laughs) we're going on 30 minutes strong that's fine (laughs) um but like yeah when i say like indifferent with 21 i think it was just so much happening like i i was literally still recovering from having covid you know like And I think I had the realization during COVID of how precious life is and how Mm -hmm. significant it is that I exist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like laying in your bed, not being able to breathe in the prone position, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying to not feel like crap the whole two weeks and not being able to eat and all these different human things that I couldn't do. Yeah. That, you know, like walking around. Yeah, it's walking around. But then in that moment two steps and I had to sleep for hours. Yeah, it's like you to recuperate. We take our health for granted. Yeah, and it was like I think before then, like as 20, I think I had a really good grasp on understanding that life is precious and that we need to respect it and that we need to work on that, but and respect ourselves especially, but I think even before the 21, you know, the 21st birthday coming along mm-hmm. in that moment of like literally being unable to move, it was a really changing moment for me, like you said, self-love and 
yeah. kind of like being able to look at yourself, let those intrusive thoughts just flow through and then be done with, you know, instead yeah. of pushing it away. And I think as well, just realizing how cool it is that you're making it another year, <laughs> you yeah. know, and like yeah. you're just, you're, you're living. And it was a very surreal kind of affirming experience for me it was a terrible experience I would never wish COVID on anyone but I think I had a more intellectual and philosophical awakening mm -hmm. in those two weeks of not being able to do anything else yeah <laughs> than ever before like yeah even during quarantine before and like I was used to just chilling out being alone my own person kind of thing but then that moment when you're like purely alone yeah with an illness that's incredibly contagious and you don't want to get others sick yeah you know it's a very different perspective and I think it really improved me yeah. and, and the 21 didn't get to do that it yeah. was the pre to the 21 that got to do that you know yeah. but yeah and you mentioned yeah. like being purely alone I also think it's so hilarious how society tries to paint human existence as anything other than that oh i know we talked about this the other day yeah. i'm like when you die you were wholly alone like gojo exactly. satoro had that right exactly <laughs> like, he's like you may have all the people around you your team and everything but you were still alone you. when you die it's still you who's yeah. leaving the earth they're not going with you no you know and when yeah. you were born like you were born alone even if you're a twin like you know what i'm saying yeah. your your consciousness it's just you in there mm -hmm. you know unless yeah. you have multiple personality disorder or something like that yeah that you know if you have mental health issues mm -hmm. but overall we're just one entity and the, you can get as close as possible to another human being yeah. um but it's always just going to be you and yourself yeah. from beginning till the end, you mm. know? Um, and I just hate how society is like, oh, you don't, nobody wants, nobody should die alone. Like, no, we all are going to die alone, yeah. even if you're surrounded by people, you know? And mm -hmm. there is a beauty to that. You started off with the OG and you're ending it with <laughs> the OG. Yeah, like you're completely and utterly like yourself in the end yeah. kind of thing. No, yeah, I think it's like, like society can like consistently stigmatizes you being you needing somebody yeah i think like have you ever seen daniel sloss he's a yeah, yeah. the edinburgh comedian yeah he's yeah. amazing um and he has a show where he talks about um like puzzle pieces going together mm -hmm. and he's like you know his dad i think he his dad described it as like oh your mother's my missing puzzle piece to my jigsaw yeah and he's like but what if another person isn't the piece that's needed for your jigsaw mm -hmm. you know your life is this jigsaw you don't need to hunt for another person's piece yeah. to finish your own you know what i mean yeah and i was like huh <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to find a way to convey that for years and it's such like a visual way of thinking about it yeah that you can really picture why am i scraping and hunting for this little piece of jigsaw you know what i mean yeah. like you're such an individual that, like, I think I, I talked to you about this as well, like, relationships for me. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm wholly 100% at the loving point for myself yet. And I mm -hmm. don't think I can give myself away. Yeah. Until I feel that confidence and that entire love for myself. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel it's fair. Yeah. So it's just trying to, like, not get the stigma of society saying, you need somebody. And yeah. you need, like we said, with the being, being in your 20s and, like, 21, 22, 23, getting married, having kids. Like, yeah. You need to have a kid to feel whole. And you need to have all these kind of yeah. things. You know, like, the whole, like, oh, you'll want a kid. And I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, you will. <laughs> and I'm like, the thought is disturbing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, the whole thought of it is just completely, like, bleh. <laughs> yeah. But it's like... I get, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Because 
I was at the stage in life where I was like, I absolutely don't want children because I can't imagine having children. Mm-hmm. And then I had one conversation with a friend who said she didn't want a daughter. And I was like, oh, fuck, I would love to have a daughter. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's also the thing of like, I don't want anyone to tell me when I should have a kid. Oh, I hate that. I yeah, I don't want <laughs> like, anyone to year. And I'm like, <laughs> no, or or to pressurize me or to remind me of how old I am mm-hmm. and the and the maternal complications of being an older mom. Like, I'm a med student. I know all that. You know, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to tell me. Um, I was doing my ONG placements, obstetrics and gynecology placements mm-hmm. at the Royal. And there was this consultant who was, like, doing a lecture. And she was talking about how um, older mothers have lots of medical com- complications, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows that. The, the older you are, the higher you are at risk for, you know, um, a, a, pre- a premature birth or a stillbirth or mm-hmm. pregnancy complications, blah, blah, blah. We all know it. Yeah. But she kind of ended the, the lecture by saying... All the girls in this class, if any any of you are gonna have kids, you should have them now. Don't really? have them when you're when you're in your thirties, when you're thirty five. And I was just like, you can give a recommendation, but don't tell us what to do. You know, we're we're young, ambitious women who want some of them want to be surgeons, some of us want to be GPs, go into research. Mm-hmm. You know, don't limit us in that yeah. way and scare us into suddenly having kids yeah. and then not being able to manage having kids exactly. and being young and having kids and just being afraid yeah and responding to that by having kids exactly that's such an odd way it was... i feel like you're you've already presented the statistics now leave it up to them to make the decision exactly like you're all med students yeah. like they have to trust you with the information that you've been given to make good choices exactly <laughs> like at least in your course like if, if there has to be anywhere where you have to like make a good choice or like an informed choice rather yeah. I just, I just found I like, like the delivery be... of that recommendation was just so off. Yeah, you know? that's such a weird thing. Like, yeah. When I worked at the hospital, there was um, this woman that I was working with, and we we kind of got on the topic because she was talking about her grandkids and her kids and how much she loves it, and she's so excited for me to have that experience. And I was like, you know, I don't really feel like having my own. Uh-huh. I'd rather adopt or yeah. most rather foster for the longest time that I can and just give homes to kids that already exist, yeah. kids that are already already suffering or kids that aren't aware of their situation, you know, if they're that young, you know, I'd rather be there as a supportive role for the kids that are already here that need support mm-hmm. than bring in another kid in a world that's already overpopulated Yeah, and have, you know them either me not being able because like with fostering as well I can decide that I'm ready to take on kids and I can decide all these kind of things and set up my own barriers and it's like you know things like that where your own comfort is taken into consideration having your own kid (laughs) yeah and you're potentially um you know helping a a child and and preventing them from going through that horrible process of the fostering system and foster care and everything that entails yeah because i think like i decided that at a very young age as well like that's what i was telling her this woman that i worked with it was just you know even as a kid i was like i want to have 48 kids and my mom's like you're gonna give birth to 48 kids and i was like no i'm gonna adopt them you know like i remember this vividly my mom being like you're gonna adopt 48 kids and i'm yeah. like now i'm like maybe the idea was fostering but i didn't know the word yet yeah <laughs> you know but it's like even since a very young age i never if i did play doctor it was never around women giving birth and having babies and that wasn't my interest and the baby toys weren't my thing yeah. you know it was like 
I'd rather, even from a young age and then to now, mm-hmm. I'd rather foster and take care of kids that are already here before mm-hmm. bringing my own in. And even yeah. if I do bring my own in, I want to be really informed, do a lot of research, really make sure that I'm in a good place. Mm-hmm. My partner, if that's the case, in a good place, you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. I'll just go solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Str- no. Strength to the women who do that, you know? Like, totally. It's amazing that just taking care of a kid by themselves or men who do that, yeah, you know, like taking care that. of a kid by themselves. Single parents. Amazing. Definitely. It's an amazing feat and I applaud them. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, making sure that I'm really at a point where I feel like I can truly support them mm-hmm. if I were to have my own. Yeah. Yeah. But I even to- in that to- case, fostering totally kids. Agree. I want to be at that point as well to be able to take care of them. Yeah. You know? I, I would love to adopt a daughter as well. If I can't like mm-hmm. have a natural pregnancy with a daughter, I would yeah. definitely adopt a daughter because I want a daughter. I don't know if I have said that <laughs> I have stressed it enough. Like I don't want, I don't want um, to think about the stresses of being a mom. Mm-hmm. And that's something way that I'm going to think about way into my thirties. Way future. Um, yeah. Speaking of, well, this doesn't really relate to what we were talking about, but um, in your 20s, mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts on like graduating, getting a job, mm-hmm. financial security, and <laughs> actual adulting? Because I yeah. feel like you and I are skewing the the uh, vision of being in your 20s because we haven't graduated yet. Yeah. I think if you t- if we spoke to a post-grad It'd student, so they'd have a completely they, a different, different perspective. perspective. Or like yeah. somebody who has their own business mm-hmm. or somebody who's graduated years ago and they're 28 yeah. um, and they're, you know, they, they're paying for their insurance or whatever or car payments or whatever. They probably mm-hmm. have a different opinion on it. Oh, 100%. So what, sure. what are your thoughts on transitioning to that? phase in your life mm. because this is your final year yeah yeah Boy. <laughs> it is the final year um i think it's it's very interesting i think i'm quite fortunate in the fact in the way that i've had a job since i was 16 um and i've always worked towards it and i've always tried to help pay a bit for my tuition or pay a bit in some way for my food or things like that you know because i am very lucky to have parents who are helping me pay for tuition international fee university of edinburgh <laughs> you know i know exactly and i'm taking a humanity about. degree and that's on the cheaper end Ooh, that <laughs> you know? medical degree no, though. i'm a master of the arts <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, they can't touch me <laughs> um but i think like i'm i'm in a very lucky position where I think my parents have taught me well with money, but also allowed me to make those stakes when I was like 16, you know, buying manga constantly when I worked a part-time job yeah. at a art gallery that didn't pay a lot, <laughs> you know, like $13 an hour. And I had like nine hours a week and I was like, I could buy that manga. That's $15. Let's buy 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, you know, like my parents let me kind of have that, you know, learn that when you Smart spend choices. money, <laughs> yeah. Like when you spend money, you realize it goes away, <laughs> you know? And I was like, you know, it makes me happy, but then kind of realize you know my parents in a very healthy way kind of made me yeah you know that kind of reminds me of um when babies learn the concept of object yes i don't know if you know about it yes i know about this we took it in a sap course when i was 18 it's so funny to me that like before a certain age they think if you let's say you have a blanket and and they put their favorite rattle under the blanket Mm -hmm. they think it's just disappeared yeah, it's gone forever. They yeah. don't develop object permanence until, I, I, you know what? I can't remember. 
I, I think it's like what four months three yeah, months yeah it takes a couple months it, yeah. it takes a while right and they have to build up the experience of yeah, realizing that it will return it will return and it's still yeah. under the blanket like mm. it's not gone forever it still exists it still exists yeah and I feel like we're still learning parts of that in our yeah. 20s <laughs> honestly yeah I think it's um like with money especially and nowadays where it's like digital and it's like on card yeah it doesn't feel real, does it? Doesn't. It doesn't. Like, when I was in France, I, pr- I made sure that I had bills with me. Like, I had my euros with me. And yeah. I was marking it off by month. Like, this much is for this stuff. And this much is for food. And this much is for, like, loisir. You know, do whatever you want with this. This much is the money that you will need for your transport. You know, things like that. And I could tangibly see it. And I could move the money around. And I could... Yeah. Like, actually work yeah. with it. There's whereas something now, tangible and you can, yeah, you know, you can whereas see it now it's like, and... here's a plastic card that I'm tapping and I just spent like 20 quid today on books. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oop. Literally, it, that's 20 an, quid. An, you just check your bank account and a number goes down. That's it. Yeah. That, there's no significance to that. No, there's no, like, you're not, you're like, oh, it's just a number and it's changing. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you have money and you're looking at it in front of you and you're like, I have five pounds yeah it's right like here 50p in change. front of me yeah like you can actually see it or which you, is like an experience that i miss wiggle, when you jiggle around the the um the purse with the coins and oh, it, your it's coin purse, a lot yeah. lighter yeah you're like Shit. <laughs> it's like it's not as noisy as it once was oopsie it's not clinking as much yeah and yeah. i'm not being weighed down to the left <laughs> yeah exactly no yeah it's a very um difficult thing i think to manage especially now in the digital age and with covid now everything being very like no more money yeah just card please you know it's it's really interesting but but, like yeah i think growing up i was very well exposed to that and then i think moving on with you know getting a job after i was very blessed as well to have jobs that were admin and that were very transferable and that were very viewed in a positive light yeah like a lot of kids in my school worked at McDonald's or worked at fast food places. And that is a great place to work as a, as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. You do learn a lot of great <laughs> skills. And I think if you can learn to market yourself appropriately, if you were to move on to like admin, you're gonna be like, oh, I worked and flip, flipped burgers. Well, no, you did more than that. You managed time effectively. Mm-hmm. You worked with a large team, you know, and independently at the same time. Yeah. Kind of learning to market yourself, you know. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to have on paper administrative assistant for like finances and engineering department. Like yeah. that's compared to griller at mcdonald's you know like you know it changes how it's viewed and i think i was very lucky growing up and things like that um but i think learning that to how to like promote yourself and to manage what your experience is to be able to get a job after you graduate yeah and then being able to possibly continue your studies and be like hey i want to write a master's and they're like well why should we take you and it's like yeah (laughs) i I think that's one thing that it's it's a very different experience for me Mm. in terms of both like um selling yourself in a way like marketing yourself and in terms of job experience because i think it's a it's a very south asian thing Mm -hmm. where especially for south asian girls where you're not ever expected to get a job and pay Mm -hmm. for things on your own you're very much like pampered and babied around Mm -hmm. and everything is 
is laid out for you and given to you. Do you want something? Did you do well in your studies? Here, have it. You don't have to pay for it for your own money. So I've actually never had a job <gasps> before really? this RA job. So for context, uh, Marley and I are RAs. Mm-hmm. Like we're resident assistants in Salisbury Court. Um, so we just kind of like help out the residents and um, organize events and stuff. <laughs> so this is actually my very first job. Wow. And I've never... I've never had, I've never gotten a paycheck for anything. And, and it's hilarious because, you know, being a med student, I'm, I'm unofficially and practically doing a nine to five job Mm -hmm. and helping out with like clinical cases. I'm helping out these doctors and shadowing them, but I'm just, I'm actually counterintuitively i'm paying for it and i'm paying a fortune for (laughs) it and you're paying to have a job exactly i'm (laughs) paying thousands of pounds to have (laughs) a job so that's crazy to me and like also the thing about being being a med student is Mm. if you can pass with a medical degree you never ever have to worry about job security that's just not something that's not something that we ever think about you know lots of my friends in cs or Mm -hmm. whatever engineering or something they have like they've pimped the shit out of their linkedins oh you know they get like rec letters and references and all kinds of things and i'm just like it's so the culture is so different for medicine where they don't expect any of that if you've passed you're good yeah you're good to go where's my discipline it's like can you write an essay about something interesting enough that might be included in an article or like a journal or something that's so interesting especially because like i think you guys therefore learn the skills of advertising yourself Mm -hmm. out of necessity you need to know how to do it i need money yeah in medicine you never have to learn how to do that it's never even discussed or talked about the struggles in med is, will you be able to pass? <laughs> if you can pass, which is a big fucking deal, mm-hmm. then you're good. Yeah. You're, you'll have job security for life, whether you want it or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, contracted. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I only realized that when I spoke to my friend, one of my friends back in Taka who's doing computer science, and mm-hmm. he talked about his LinkedIn and all these other social media platforms where he was, like, promoting himself, and... You know, um, I realize just how different my courses from other people's courses. So, like, my mm-hmm. path after I graduate in my 20s is going to be very different from someone who's studying something else or someone who has, like, a private business or yeah. someone who's running their family business or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, like, for myself, like, my studies that I want to do, obviously, France, because I've been studying French. I want to go back to France next year, work, and take that time to research and work on a thesis for my master's, and then hopefully get into a master's school in Paris, you know, like... So this is your plan. That's my plan. That's, that's actually... This is great. That ties into my one of my last questions, is what awesome. is your plan for the future? Yeah, like, my plan... Right now, with my mom constantly texting me pictures of our dogs at home saying, Canada's a great idea. And I'm like, oh, it is. Literally brainwashing. Literally. I'll have to show you. She sometimes texts me, like, chains of, like, Seamus, my golden lab, or, like, Mia, or Harlow, my two English bulldogs, or Ella, even, my angry cat. Yeah. And she's like, maple syrup long falls you like the snow <laughs> what okay maple syrup long falls and you like the snow is literally canada's tourism yeah but i love it <laughs> i really get into that you know growing around those ads you know trying to get tourists in yeah. 
I really fell into that stereotype. So you may go back to Canada. Yeah, like unlikely though. I'm very unlikely just because I I do have to go back for the visa process, which is like a whole thing. But it's it is a goal at some point in my life to return to Canada and be able to be there and it'll it'll always be home for you. Yeah, it's it's an amazing country, an amazing place. We're so fortunate to have the country of Canada as it is, you know, with all the liberties and freedoms and free healthcare especially yeah. and like all these different things that are very much taken for granted at times. But right now my heart 100% feels Europe yeah. and and the UK cuz Brexit. <laughs> It will be from now on, like in an essay. From now on, I will refer to the UK and Europe and the con continent of Europe, the whole, as Europe, not yeah. the Brexit. Yeah. But um, it really is 100% in Europe. Like literally, my my psychologist prescribed me coming to Edinburgh. <laughs> literally prescribed, saying like it would be great for Doctors her. Literally, he wrote it as a letter to my parents to convince them. Like, they were already going to let me come here. I, I had already, like, started talking to them about the process. But he was like, you know, it'll be a great time of growth for her. And that's, again, where I fly back to, yeah. you know, 20 and, like, young, yeah. 18, 19, 20, you know, going and traveling and doing stuff. Um, literally, doctor wrote a note about it and, yeah. like, wrote how good it is for it's me. Great that you, um, it's great that you know what your heart wants. You know? Yeah. Because that's also something that um, you, I feel like you only learn in your like what do, you, do what do I want? What's your purpose? What's my purpose? What yeah. do I? What do I think is best for myself? Mm -hmm. Like prioritizing yourself. Yeah. And yes, your family wants you to go back to Canada because they love you and they're your family. And my books are there. That's a whole podcast on That's itself. Marley's bookshelf <laughs> shelves. Uh, yeah, in different countries as well. There's some in France, there's some oh, here, and there's wow. some in Canada. International, International bookshelves. Yes. <laughs> so, but it, your heart is, it knows what it wants. It yeah. you want to settle in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and what, what do you think you'd be working as? Do you have um, well, it, it would be a, it'd be a fun thing to look back at this podcast. And, and see if I actually got it. Yeah, and you know? see if maybe you changed your mind or how, how yeah. life turns out later on, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, like, the... Where do you see yourself? I see myself next year after graduating going and working at a museum or the National Library of France. You know, in Paris, I imagine myself back in Paris because I lived there for the last nine months just as a preface for the show, the show, podcast, <laughs> the show. Um, but, you know, we're like I lived there for nine months. Yeah, we're celebrities. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> what is that? E.T.? You know, like the freaking entertainment show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like flashes dramatically. Mara's podcast. Isn't it like, what, isn't that where uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Isn't that on that? I think um, so. Is it or, okay. Oh, it? um, it's like a YouTube one that's like red and like I I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I can't get the name so of it. We're right on now. the same channel. We are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it you know it's I've lived there and I really got to experience it. And for me, doing French and art history, it really feels like. A great, you know, end game for my degree, but also starting point for my degree. I mean, it's 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 important to put it out there, mm -hmm. your your plans and your thoughts for the future. Yeah. Whether it turns out that way or not, it's I think it's valuable that in a couple years' time to kind of look back and be like, oh, that's where I was at in terms of my mindset. That's so that's where I'm at right now, actually, because yeah. around this time, four years ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Four years ago, I was like, I want to go to Edinburgh Uni. Yeah. Like, wow. what, what is this week? 
Uh, it's the four this the 14th of November, I believe, is the day that I received of, in 2018 that I received my conditional offer uh -huh. for my degree. Yeah. I believe that it was like the 14th or like within this week. Okay. That I got my conditional offer. Okay. I applied in like October, late October, mm -hmm. and I heard back in a couple weeks. And it's such a weird yeah. full circle thing now thinking about it that like I've actually did it. Like it's almost done. It's almost done. <laughs> it's almost done. <laughs> like I've reached that point where it's like, oh wow, your 18 year old, 17 year old goal yeah. has just come into play and it's 100% just yeah. existing it's and, it, and it's there. It's, it's tangible. Time moves by so quickly. It and does. The things that you aim for. I don't believe in manifestation, mm -hmm. but I, I do think that if you consume yourself with a certain thought, you're going to try your best. You're going to do everything you can to get more opportunities to get to that goal. Oh, 100%. Um, and the reason I say that is because, like, recently, mm -hmm. I, as you know, I got accepted into a program mm -hmm. which supports medical students who want to go back to Canada. Mm -hmm. um, and they're going to help with funding and tutorials and stuff like that. Um, and the only way that that was possible was because I wanted it more than anything mm -hmm. and I got into contact with my peers who were doing that program, I got into contact with faculty, mm -hmm. I developed a really long-standing rapport and relationship with them and eventually they agreed to transfer me there, which I never thought would be possible mm -hmm. and I don't believe in manifestation, but I think that the fact that I was so consumed by that yeah, like you just worked me. your butt off. Yeah, it's yeah. what led me to that. So I, like your thoughts really can, not always, but can become reality. Oh yeah, like being anxious over a translation assignment that's due. Yeah. And you keep putting it off because you're anxious. <laughs> but also, Chaos. I'm starting my pediatrics rotation tomorrow, so that'll oh, be Oh, that'll be fun. But yeah. in terms of my future goals, mm -hmm. it, it'll be nice to just put this out there. So the future Zarya, I call myself Zarya, mm -hmm. future Zarya can look at this and kind of, I don't know, chuckle. Reminisce. Think, reminisce and think, oh, that's wholesome. Go, idiot. Really <laughs> I, my relationship with myself is actually very sweet. I think mm -hmm. I always look back at my old self with a fondness oh, and yeah. like, oh, I miss her. She was so sweet. Mm. Um, See, it's so funny because like for me, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not her anymore, yeah. but I'm happy that I was there to be able to be where I am now. Yeah, I I agree. I, mm -hmm. I love the person who I am now and I don't want to go back to who I was, but mm -hmm. I look back at my old self with nothing but love and fondness. Mm -hmm. Like like a younger self, I don't know how to explain Oh, like it's like a, oh, I was going to say like, like a, a younger sibling, version. but like siblings yeah. you, you hate with yeah, a passion. <laughs> You're like, hey. <laughs> sorry to my sister who will never listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry to her. But yeah. <laughs> Same to my brother. <laughs> but yeah, I can kind of see my older self listening to mm -hmm. this and feeling really wholesome about it. Yeah. So my plan for, for the future after mm -hmm. I graduate is to hopefully either go back to Canada and become a GP mm -hmm. um, because I really do love general practice yeah. medicine and I don't want to specialize in, it, in anything else. I've enjoyed other specialties, but I really do love being a family, like family medicine and yeah. um, the variety of cases and like building a long-term rapport with patients. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So I would love to, I see myself being a GP in Canada and then as you know, and everybody who knows me for two seconds knows, <laughs> piano and classical music are the loves of my life. I yeah. do love science and I do love medicine, but nothing can ever top 
my love for piano. Mm-hmm. So I think eventually when I'm financially stable uh, on my own on my own terms, I would I would want to apply to you know an undergrad program for piano mm-hmm. or a conservatory or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the conservatory would be really cool. Yeah. I think my Gould Conservatory mm-hmm. is the dream. I know that's shooting super high but <laughs> I'm putting it out there. You could always baby step with Royal Conservatory. I know I'm saying like baby step yeah. Royal Conservatory yeah. but that's kind of what I did. Royal in the name. I know but we're going to Edinburgh Uni and it's yeah. really posh. It's very posh. Very. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed by it but I'm also just like. <laughs> yeah. I also used to hate when I first came to Edinburgh I used to you know because it was during COVID uh, I used yeah. to hate Edinburgh. I was like Edinburgh's trash. It's so dead. Everything's closed. But now <laughs> it's open. open. You're like, oh, like, holy fuck. It's a lively city. Summer's beautiful. People mm-hmm. are amazing. Summers here are a dream. They're amazing. Magical. It's like warm enough, yeah. but it's not overheating. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much natural beauty. And I just feel lucky. Mm-hmm. And I know our future selves, wherever they are. Yeah. Um, are going to come back. <laughs> I had a moment the other day where I was like, am I? I'm like sad about the idea of leaving Edinburgh and not staying here mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you've lived here for three years now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, I adored Paris and I adored living just outside of it, like where my housing was. But it was just like, I had a moment the other day and I was like, I was sitting in the meadows. I was walking to the library to do an early hour long study session before a 9 a.m. Uh, tutorial. And I just, I looked at the meadows and then I just felt this urge to sit down and then I was looking at everything and I was like, this will be sad if I just left. I think that's... You know, it was such a surreal, that's like... That's a human feeling, though. Yeah. We... The, the inescapable passage of time mm-hmm. and places that become your home, it's, it's always going to be transient. Mm-hmm. Even though it feels so permanent, it feels so grounded, it's never going to be there forever. You're never yeah. going to be there forever. And... That's something that, another thing coming back to our 20s, that's something we learned in our 20s is like, it's it's all transient. Yeah. You're going on this journey and you can stop to look around once in a while, but you can't actually stop the flow of time. No, yeah. It's going to go on whether you want it to or not. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing we can do is, I'm here now, you know, look around and at least for the next day, for the next hour, for the next year, I'm here and that's all I can do is appreciate mm-hmm. what I have now, yeah. you know? And I did this thing the other day where I was in bed, mm-hmm. and it was like 12 a.m., and I was like, you know, I'm here right now. I wonder how long it actually, like, if I actually think about it, I wonder how long it'll feel, like, how long I've slept. You know, when I wake up, how long is it going to, like, the passage of time, what is that going to feel like? Mm-hmm. And I woke up, and I was like, that was really long. Like the distance between me talking to myself at 1 a.m. and me waking up was a whole era. Yeah. It was a tiny little infinity. Mm-hmm. And if if we were all that present, then life would feel really long. You know, it's just yeah. that we're constantly thinking about shit that happened in the past and what can i do now and what's going to happen next yeah but if you Um, actually zone in on the present moment it's really long and stretched out yeah like that's why i've learned to kind of try not to resist those impulses of sitting down you know and like enjoying something in front of you i'm like i know i'm hella busy 
And I could have used that extra hour long study session at the library, but if I resisted that, I would have regretted it yeah. because like it was a moment that clearly some part of me yeah. needed yeah. and it was like crying for it and I needed to sit down and I needed to look at everything and I needed to just chill out. Yeah, you know. And I think it's also really poetic and beautiful where you think about the fact that we can no longer access the past, but mm -hmm. it's always going to be there. Yeah. Um, and so there will always be a version of you sitting there in the meadows yeah. in the past for forever. Mm -hmm. And I like to think about like one of the happiest days of my life was when I got out of quarantine and I went and meditated near Arthur's seat and it was a beautiful day. Oh, yeah. And I always like to think that no matter where I go in life, what, no matter what happens or what I do, there will be a version of me in time that will always be there. Yeah. You know? And even more on that, when I was out of quarantine in France, um, the first thing I did was, was I went to the Louvre. And there is literally an immortalized picture of me on a news article where I got interviewed by someone who was like, oh, I'm looking for people to, to interview for my news article. Yeah. And I'm literally like on a freaking news article online. There's a picture of me <laughs> with my sketchbook just sitting there in front of the Nike statue. And it's like immortalized. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, huh. And my grandmother texted me. I didn't even tell anyone I was in an article yet. And she was like, oh, I found this. She's, and I was like, how did you find that? She's like, I Googled your name. And I was like, what, what? the hell? <laughs> like, said, yeah, Google she Googled my name. Just like, you know, oh, I miss my granddaughter. And then she was like, oh, I found a news article. And I'm like, like how she thought you were famous. I know. She had like a, like a moment where she was like, I should Google her. And then I came up on Google and I was like, wow. You're and I Googled myself and I'm, so it comes up. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it was such a weird thought. Amazing. Yeah, but it was on just so crazy. Note, yes. <laughs> To, to an hour and 10 minutes yes. um, 20 minute podcast yes. <laughs> part minute. part oh, three <laughs> this is gonna be split into five podcasts. oh my god yeah so, get your career started exactly mm -hmm. so before we um go off i want to end this podcast on um a light note Okay. Which is, or, or it could be a dark note. Mm. It could be either or. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you feel like. Because this podcast is... Humanist. <laughs> yeah, it's humanist. It's R-rated. You can say whatever you want. No one cares. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> my question to you, and to myself, mm. is what's one thing that's been living rent-free in your mind lately? I'll go first. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to go first? Um, so I've talked about this with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so today is November 14th, and by the time this podcast is released, hopefully on Spotify, um, it's going to, I don't know. It's going to be like January yeah, 30th. <laughs> two years down the line. Yeah. And I'll be like, I found this randomly, and I thought it would be funny to upload. Teehee. Link it to me, and you're like, hey, remember this? <laughs> by then, people will be practicing self-loathing. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It builds character. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, um, Taylor Swift, um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember now, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift released, um, a short film, uh, so she's been re-recording all her, um, old albums because Scooter Braun has the rights to her masters, and mm -hmm. she, I mean, good for her, she's re-recording everything, and now she owns the rights to her new recordings, amazing, Yay. love that. Um, so she put out a short film which she directed and um, wrote, which was All Too Well, mm -hmm. and 
sis really be out here making us cry over her <laughs> fucking relationships like mm -hmm. i don't i don't cry over songs but that made me ball tears did it, it was okay so, it was so painful like mm. because you put yourself in her shoes you know you're the thing about art is like you're feeling pain for something you've never experienced familiar like, <laughs> like there's a piece by Jan Natrek, who's a mm. composer um from hungary i mm -hmm. think a hungarian composer from Hong and he wrote a piece called in the mists which was about the death of his daughter <sighs> and you feel that pain oh i don't know what it's like to lose a daughter but i i feel you can those feel emotions. it you feel those emotions of other people's in other people's art mm -hmm. and so i put myself in her shoes in in the short film and it was so beautifully directed but she added like more lyrics because it's a 10 minute version so mm -hmm. the lyrics are just so mature and heartbreaking and revealing and there was this one scene in the middle where um like the the girl who was sort of playing a young tailor mm -hmm. she was having an argument with um you know the guy who's playing jake gyllenhaal obviously <laughs> um, it's not it's not a secret anymore so mm -hmm. like they were having an argument and she said something like you dropped my hand in front of everyone and you treated me so differently in front of all your friends like yeah and that felt so real i think that will resonate with so many people where mm -hmm. you know red flags don't have to be Huge, huge over banners streaming tiny. over their head, yeah. giant arrow flashing. Exactly, they can yeah. tiny things like, oh, you treated me a little differently in front of your friends. And yeah, and the way it ends is just so painful. Like, I just cried. Oh. Satisfying tears. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So that's been living in my in my uh, head, red free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, well, I think we talked about it a bit earlier as well. Unis Honest yes. recently had their one year death anniversary. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it, it was a very it became a very personal thing for me where it was like a ritual first of all come home watch an Unis Honest video laugh my ass off or cry or really feel like I've learned a new lesson or seen a new perspective but it's it's weird thinking about it as being a year already when like you can st I still think about it a lot. It's like it's such a silly thing to think about. Like some like it well, meant a lot to you. It meant a lot to me and I think like the way that they and a lot of times maturely and immaturely but dealt with serious topics, but the immature to make it accessible for people who feel uncomfortable with a serious position like if I was to like immediately start talking with someone randomly about abuse towards men with women you know, they may not be like, mm, very much, but you know, they were joking a bit and then they found a link on a web, on a, on a website and it was encouraging the man to put up with abuse from women. Mm -hmm. And they were joking a bit on other points in the article that were safe points to argue about or like to uh, make jokes of, but they took the time to highlight these things and then make sure that it was very clear that this isn't okay. Yeah. This isn't a good thing. And then they would post a video of them trying to find a needle in a haystack and it was the funniest thing in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but very it was very it was yeah, it was multifaceted. It was full of a lot of purpose and yeah, it was versatile and it was amazing that you could see their relationship before Mark and Ethan. Um, Mark, Markiplier and Crank Gameplays. Those are their YouTube channels. What? Um, Markiplier? Marky Moo. Wait, he's a part of the... Yes! Oh my God, he's the honest of Unis Honest. Um, he's such a warm, 
I love him. He's such a sweetheart. Um, like there's some, there, oh, I wish, it, I, this is the thing, I wish it existed still because I would show you um, their medical videos where they talked about the greatest pain they felt in their life. And they talked about it on a physical and an emotional scale. And it was very fascinating. For my next podcast. Honestly, yeah, take it. You know what? It's dead. It's gone now. You know what? Repurpose it. Um, but it was just. Best form of flattery. It is. Yes. Um, but it's just trying to, it gives such like an amazing series of just videos with such funny but meaningful content that was very, I won't say PG, but it was very open to a lot of different people to see and very open-minded and culturally aware. Like they did a bit where they're, it was a time, it was like a bit goofy, but teaching Ethan how to like read and speak Korean and write Korean. That's an amazing thing to have in a channel, which is normally like a westernized view kind of thing, you know, like teaching people about languages and culture, you know, funny things, doing great things. It was it was an amazing channel and I miss it wholeheartedly, but I also think of it fondly and it really kind of encouraged the thought of death, which you and I talk about many times coming to us in the street and we're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, just it kind of really warmed me up to the concept and really appreciating it more life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, Yay. everything comes to an end. That memento mori. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it the way Unis Honest did. Thank you yes. for joining the very first episode of Yay. the podcast, which nobody is going to listen to. Totally fine. <laughs> That's totally fine, it's honestly. Like at this point, but mm -hmm. in, pod in podcast form. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this has been lovely yes it has thank you for inviting me and asking me to do this thanks actually for, thanks for actually encouraging me to go forth and just do it yeah like it's a pretty cool idea like yeah. plus we're in our 20s why not, why not? <laughs> literally what i was like do it we're not gonna have time later on in life so no exactly yeah but that being said um thanks to whoever is tuning in or not um <laughs> this is mara and friends and now we're gonna go off to live our lives yes macarons <laughs>